seven years, pretty close. But I had a vacation for a while, and God took us off the road in 2000. And I was in Alabama amidst the meetings when something happened. Um, I told Sunday school that in 95, I, I, we laid carpet, my son and I, we laid carpet together. And, um, and so we started two churches in Michigan. One Catholic town, there was a church building that had Baptists in front of it, but they didn't have the Bible, so they weren't a Baptist church. So God gave us to go ahead and start that there. And in, one, in our, my wife's hometown, Grant, no Baptist church there at all, but there is one now. And uh, so, but the one in 95, Victor Baptist Church, we started that in 95 and came off the road again. <clears throat> His old country church, matter of fact, it was Grace Bible Church at one time, where I got right with God. I walked away from God for a while, and... Um, you know, there's something about children, they get to, especially a daughter, they can get to you. My daughter's about four years old. We were driving down the road, and this Grace Battle Street was just down around the corner, about, about a mile from our church, from our house. And she says, climbs up on the, the hump in the floor, and she says, Daddy, and what, honey? She says, When are we going to go to church? And I thought, Oh, man. Didn't want to hear that. I said, Soon, honey. Soon. That Sunday. We were in church, and uh, they had a, revi a revival going in that Bible church, and the evangelist that was there, he's a friend of mine now, and uh, he preached a message one night. My, my, my oldest son, son and myself, we went, my, my wife and daughter's son couldn't go because they were sick, and uh, God got a hold of my heart, said, it's time for you to stand surrender, you know, just get back and going. So I hit the altar. My oldest boy hit the older. I hit the old over here. He hit the old over there. He got saved. I got right. And uh, so, <clears throat> anyway, this church building was empty. Nothing going on. We went out of a church in Kentucky and uh, found out about it. So I called the people that was watching over the building. I said, are you interested in having a church there? Yes, we'd like to have a church there, but nobody wants to do anything with it. Oh, you let me pray about that and see what we can do. So we came off the road again and started Victor Baptist Church in 95. 95, 94? 95. 95. And uh, I had to drive about 45 minutes to go to work and lay carpet. And uh, one piece of carpet, people must have been rich or something. It was, it was wool carpet, I mean real thick wool carpet. Heavy as all get up. Me and my son, we, we worked, we struggled. And the policy of the store was bring it back and put it in a dumpster. Always left it for the people to take care of. But anyway, we did it. And putting it in a dumpster, something happened to my back and my left leg. Matter of fact, I lost the use of my left leg. Went to the doctor and all that stuff. And Anyways, there we go. So for about 10 years, we went back on the road after finding somebody for the church with a walker, and away we go. And uh, for 10 years. We was in Alabama when my back finally went. I was walking in the grocery store. There's a little metal plate that's in the floor there for receptacles for plugs and whatever. This one had a big dent in it, and I didn't see it. And I stepped in it with my good leg and fell backwards. And my son caught me before my head hit the floor. 
off to the hospital to go. And, uh, of course, in Alabama, slip and fall lawsuits are, you can't do nothing there. So anyway, called the doctor and said, get back here, we'll see what we can do with you. So I preached my way back to Michigan. And uh, then the back surgery started. 98 was my first one, wasn't it? 97. 96, 97. They went in and fused my lower back. And uh, then something went wrong with that because my body absorbed the bone graft. And go back in again. Number two surgery. And uh, so <clears throat> anyway, I spent 17 years in a wheelchair. And uh, God wasn't done with us, okay? I switched the road, being on the road, to being in the hospital, handing out gospel tracts to whoever came in my room, giving them the gospel story every time, doctors, nurses, whoever. They knew if they came in Tim Crick's room, they are going to get a message. <clears throat> and so, hand out, I don't know, I'm over a thousand tracts, years of being in that. Anyways, I had my last back surgery in 2015. I was in room 15, 2015. Yeah. In January 15 of 2015, you had your 15th back surgery and you were in room 15. I should have bought a lottery ticket that day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> um, I was in so much pain. Physical therapy would come in. I was two months in the hospital for my last surgery. It set me up on the edge bed, I'd pass out. Pain. Number nine pain level. When I got to number 10, I'd pass out. I passed out over 40 times. I couldn't even roll from side to side in bed without passing out. I coded a couple times. I woke up one time in the hospital bed with a nurse on me, beating me half that. What's going on? She said, you were gone. I said, how can be gone? You're on me. I'm in bed. You were gone, Mr. Quick. Dead. Oh. <laughs> so, nothing wrong with my heart. I got a great heart. And, uh, so anyways, I've had 15 back surgeries. 17 years in a wheelchair. And all the time, I knew we weren't done. We've been back on the road for about three years now, trying to get going again. Before, I've, I've even got a smartphone now. I was dreaming I'd have one of them things. <laughs> but I can find a church anywhere now, amen? But anyways, back in the day when we were in the bus, I rarely made a phone call. It's by word of mouth. And prayed the status come. And uh, my daughter, she was 13 year old when we were starting church in Sheboygan, Michigan, came to me one day and said, Daddy, you buy me a piano and I want to play it. I said, All right. So we bought one in the yard sale. I laid it down in the back of the van. Couldn't not supposed to do that, but we got it home. Me and the boys dragged it in the house, had something come out and tune it up. I said, There you go, play. Plink, plink, plink. I thought, Man, that was a waste of money. 
Six months, she became my church pianist. And uh, we turned Boston Oak Baptist Church over to a man that hit the road. And we began to sing as a family. And uh, we brought the music and the message. Amen. We, we, we were flat busy all the time going. <clears throat> Not just because of the music, but just flat going because God, people wanted to hear some things, you know. And uh, she could do anything on that piano. Wow, she could do anything. Transpose, she could, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was my whole problem was this. I was born with a mild case spina bifida. And uh, some people, if they have spina bifida, they're in the wheelchair permanently. And when the doctor explained that to me, I said, I called my mom. I said, Mom, did I have trouble walking and crawling? No, you're normal. Okay. Spina bifida. I have floor covering business. I, lay, I mean, I can hold a 500-pound roll of carpet on my shoulder and wait for somebody else to pick up the other end. I mean, I was a strong man, okay? And, uh, but that's what was wrong. We didn't find out about that until about four years ago, Dr. Tolis. And today, I'm standing before you, pain-free. Um, my doctor says, I'm a walking miracle. My doctor, no, I'm not a walking I know the miracle worker, amen. He's the one. He's the reason why I'm walking now. And so, I mean, when you're in a wheelchair, you get pushed around a lot, you know. <laughs> pushed around a lot. You take your life in your own hands in Walmart. So, but that's just part of the story. And, uh, we're excited about what God's going to do. Um, we're not done. We're not going to quit. Um, I remember old Elijah. Ran from God. Ran from Jezebel. Asked God to take his life. I was like Elijah one time. I sent my wife to the store. And when she was gone, I knew she was flat gone, I got my gun out, sat on the edge of the bed. I told God, I am tired of hurting. The pills I take don't do nothing for me. I am tired. The doctors can't fix me. I am all done. I'm going to quit living. And a small, still voice came to me and said, you're wrong. I said, no, I argued with God that day. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to end it. I can't take it no more. Small, still voice came to me again and said, what about your wife? What's she going to do? Hello. When you're hurting so bad, you want to take your own life. That's hurting. That's hurting. So I'm still here. Amen. You want me to preach now? Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> and uh, yeah. quick, we don't like you. If you're born again, I got news for you. I'll be around a long time, amen. If you go to heaven, I'm going to be there too, amen. <laughs> and for all you quiet Baptists, I can hardly wait for heaven. Yeah. Hello. 
I had to wait for heaven because you're going to be one of the loudest shouting people there, amen. And I'm going to be off the side saying, I told you so. Well, take your Bibles, if you will, and go to the book of 1 Kings. How many dads are here? Raise your hand. Okay, I got a question for you. Dads, how many grandchildren do you have? What's the most grandchildren we got here? Dads. Two, four, one, six, twelve. And the prize goes to me, amen. I've got fifteen and one great. My son calls me up one day here a while back and says, Daddy, I got some news for you. What's that? You're going to be a great grandpa. I said, What am I going to be? Ask your son how great I was. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give me this going to be. I am great. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. All right. My first great grandchild had to be a daughter. And uh, that's fine, too. She's trying to make a fine preacher's wife one day. Amen. You know, I like being here. I, I enjoy myself, amen? I hope you do too. First Kings, chapter 2. Let's go over and pray. Father, we come before thee to thank thee again for this time and this place, these people and this pastor. Father, I pray you do something for them today. It's a special day for dads. And so, Father, we ask, Lord, that you'd help me to be a blessing to them. The Holy Spirit, I... I need your help. I need you to show me what to do here, what to say, when to say, and how to say it. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray you take control of me. And just use me. You know, I want to be a blessing to a dad someplace, somehow, and to the rest of the people. So please, I pray. Father, we do love you and thank you for what you're going to do. In your name, pray, amen. <coughs> okay, First Kings. Chapter number two. The Bible says here this. Verse number one. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong. You know, if you're going to be a good dad, you need to be a strong dad. Amen. You need to be strong spiritually. Amen. To set forth a good example to your sons and daughters. Amen. He says also there, Be thou strong, therefore show thyself a man. You know, we've got a problem in America today. We don't have very many men anymore. Hello. We're running real low as far as having good, down-to-earth, godly men. Amen. We've got those that like to, uh, and I'm really concerned about our military. You know, the military is a, place to be, is a place for a man to go and prove himself, amen? But now the sodomites can go there now. I don't know about you, but I don't want a sodomite defending my country. You know, a sodomite is. A lover of man instead of a woman. Listen to me, folks. We've got problems there. What we need today is more men to be men, amen, of the home, of the church, of the job site, amen, 
wherever you're at, amen, just be a man. How can we do that? Look what he says there. Show thyself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways. Keep his statutes and his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies, as is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper, and all thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. That the Lord may continue his word, which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart, with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Now, we need to be strong men. What are Ephesians, if you will? Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. Bible says in verse number 11. Verse number 10 says, this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, it's one thing to work out with weights and stuff like that, but when you're strong in the Lord, amen, you're a strong man, amen. Yes. Put on the whole armor of God, you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse number 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. What am I talking about all this doing stand? Verse number 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I touched a little bit about it in, in Sunday school. We need to be a strong dad, amen. Yes. We've got problems all around us, amen, and we've got to be strong to be able to stand. We've got some men today, they, won't want, they don't want to stand. I'm going to cower back into a corner someplace. Let somebody else do it. I don't want to do that. Be a man and step up to the plate, amen, and take your turn at bat, amen. Yeah. You've got to be strong. Let's go to Psalms, if you will, chapter number 18. Psalms 18. Psalms 18. Look, if you will, verse number 30. How am I going to get the strong strength stuff like he's talking about? Really quick, okay. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. That word buckler means he's a protector, amen. He's going to protect you. Buckler is a piece of equipment that they use to protect your body with, amen. Okay. For who is God save the Lord, who is a right save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. Verse number 39. Thou hast girded me with strength unto the, unto the battle, that thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Listen to me, folks. Uh, we are in a battle today. Dads, we are in a battle today. Dads, there's going to be some girl come along wanting your son. Amen. We are in a battle today. You make sure that 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 girl that's coming after your son is a proper girl for her, for him, amen. I don't believe in doing that. You better believe in doing that. You're going to have problems in the family, amen. Hello. 
I also say this, she better be a Baptist if you're a Baptist, amen, because otherwise you're going to have trouble spiritually in that home, amen. I know that better quick. I can say that by experience, amen. My daughter married outside the Baptist church and now she's divorced. Hello, my daughter. Hello, she married outside. I told her way a long time ago, get away from that guy, go find somebody else will take you. But no, she said, I want him. I want him. Hmm. Marry of your own. That's what the Bible says. Marry of your own kind. That's right. Hello. Yes, sir. I'm glad you're here, sister. Amen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have to bring my amen cards with me and my amen or isn't it? Amen. <laughs> Tell you what. And you be strong, amen, as men. Because we're living in an awful, awful, awful time. Amen? Awful, awful time. Show thyself a man. Hmm. Look, if you will, Psalms 119. Psalms 119, if you will. And look, if you will, at verse number 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. There's that strength, amen. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. You've got to be seeking him, amen, if you're going to be a good daddy. Hello. We've got to know right from wrong, amen, to bring forth that family, amen. Hello. Look what else it says there. Verse number three. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Ooh, I'll tell you what. We've got to be strong. Verse number six says this. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. God's not going to let you down, amen. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. Oh, I'll tell you what. That's wonderful. Look as you will. Verse number nine. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to the word with my whole heart have I sought thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Listen to me, folks. Uh, God's man today is going to heed God's word. Amen. To bring forth his wife and family in the fashion order he ought to. Amen. He's going to do it. He's going to honor God's word. Not leave it in the pew and come back Sunday night to get it then. Not leave it in the car and let it boil in the heat all week long. You got to honor God's word. It's got a place in your heart, in your home, constantly. Amen. Yes. Like I just said right there, you're going to hide God's word in your heart. Yes. Hello. You're going to hide God's word in your heart. Listen to me, folks. Show thyself a man. Go, if you will, to Ezekiel, chapter number 22. Chapter number 22. God is looking for a man today. Hello. Verse number 30 says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but... I 
found none. God's looking for some men to stand in the head today, amen, to make up, uh, to make up, uh, to, to, to have correct that gap that's there, amen, that's been caused by other people, amen. We've got to make sure that we are worthy of that, amen. God said, I sought for a man. By the way, a man will not wear earrings. Hello? A man will not wear a necklace. Necklace. Hello? A man will be, he'll look like a man. Hello? He'll sound like a, he'll, he'll even smell like a man. Amen. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Gotta be a bad man. Well, you're going to make me off, work awful hard. God said, I sought for a man to stand in the gap. We've got a gap today, a spiritual gap today. Problems. People are leaving the Word of God and finding other books to, to go along with. I've, heard people tell, I've had people tell me, I can't understand the King James Bible. You know, the King James Bible was written for a fifth grader. That's right. Hello, a fifth grader could understand the Word of God. Listen, when I got out of school, I couldn't hardly read at all. I was bothering my wife. What's this word here? How do you say this word? How do you say that word? I, I drove my wife nuts, you know. Can't you figure it out? No, I need your help. And somebody told me one time, read the Word of God. It'll help you. So me. Not being able to read very good. Started reading the Word of God. Oh, I bothered her crazy. Honey, what's this word? How do you say that word? And she started saying, sound it out a little bit. Work with it a little bit. Hello. My wife deserves a medal. Hello. You haven't heard all the story. Back when I had my back trouble, I... In that fifth one, there's no room for a wheelchair in that fifth one, so I was using a walker. And one day I thought, I don't need that walker. I can go furniture to furniture and get around this place just fine. Well, I fell several times and hit my head. One, once was a cushion. Second time was a brain injury. Off to the hospital we go. I lost everything. I lost my memory for a year and a half. Hello. A year and a half, I lost my memory. Didn't know her. She was my friend. That's all I knew her by. My name, I signed hospital papers, Lee Quinn. That was my name, Lee Quinn. They took it. Listen to me, folks. She brought me home from the hospital. I said, where, where do we live? She said, by the barn. I said, we live in a barn? No, not in the barn, by the barn. We lived on a farm, you know. I got in that fifth wheel trailer. Everything was strange to me. I didn't know a thing. Everything, that chair, my favorite recliner. I, I was sitting in it, but I didn't know anything about that recliner. Didn't know how, even how, how to operate it. Amen. There's some pictures on a mirror up in here. I said, who are these people? She said, those are our grandchildren. I said, Grand, what are you talking about, Grand? She said, you and me are married. Mary, what are you talking about? Hello. That night, I went to bed. Here she comes. She got the end of that. I said, what are you going to do? She said, come to bed. Not with me, you ain't. <laughs> I lost my memory, but I didn't lose my standards, amen. <laughs> Hello. Hey, that's not right. 
in my eyes. She deserves a medal. She kept me. Hello? Not for the money. Nope. She kept me. Well, Benjamin, I think I got lots of money. Let me tell you about love offerings. Union, Mississippi, one time, down here for a meeting. Last night at a meeting, a guy came in, you know, we had a fellowship or something. Asked the service, came, Brother Quick said, I'm sorry, he said, I didn't come prepared to give. I said, Well, you were here, that's great, that's wonderful. That's just all you need to do. No, I've got to give you something. I, but you don't have to, brother. Please. Doesn't the Bible say I'm supposed to give with a cheerful heart? Yes, my heart's happy. I want to give you this thing. Come to my farm. I said, All right. Borrowed the car from the pastor. Me and my wife went out there. Got in the car. I met the guy in his voice. He said, uh, I'll call her for you. I said, Call her. What's he going to do to me? <laughs> Lucille! Uh, what's going on? I have a mother in law named Lucille. I don't need another Lucille. Amen. <laughs> what's going on here? What's going on here? Lucille! And here come Lucille. A 250 pound hog. <laughs> by the name of Lucille. That came to its name. Amen. I said, You don't have to. Oh, he said, George! I went back to the pastor. I said, Pastor, you know what he gave me? It's hard to tell him what he gave me. I said, 250 a hog. What am I going to do? He says, ain't my hog. It's yours now, amen. <laughs> I said, but you're my friend. Help me out, brother. He said, I don't know what to do. We had a four-day layover in Union, Mississippi. Every day I went to that pastor. Pastor, please help me. I, we got a bus. No room for a hog, man. No trailer hitch. Please help me. Not my hog. Yeah. We were loading up. My son was putting the sound equipment in the bus and I'd rather step on the bus and go. Here comes the pastor. He was my friend. <laughs> Brother Quick, yes, pastor. I should have told you this. I sold that hog four days ago. <laughs> I said, you did. Here's the money. Oh, I'll tell you what. Some, some preachers, they can, boy, they can... <laughs> yeah, she, my wife said it for the money. Ha ha ha! Right, huh? Okay, right. Gotta be a man today. Hello? Yes. Just be a man. God said I sought for one. What's it say again? I sought for men among them. We should make up the hedge and stand in the gap. Yeah. We've got a gap out there, folks. <laughs> We've got a serious gap out there right now. The word of God is under attack, under attack, under attack. Listen to me, folks. The church is under attack. The home's under attack. The family's under attack. We need some men to stand up and say, I am worthy. I here I am I send me. Yes. Hello. Yes. Send me. Well, again, the problem, back to the apparel, no earrings, no necklaces, no shorts. I was staying in a prophet's chamber at this church one time. There was a missionary there. Walking around in shorts. Baptist church. Never preached for this fella. I hope I do sometime. I said, You're a missionary? Where are you going? Dressed like that. 
Hmm? But I've got to keep cool. All right, get a cold drink. Drink it. Get some RC Cola. It'll help you. Amen. I've been an RC man ever since I went south. Amen. That was a long time ago. Down south, they call it RC. Because down south, everything's got an R. Amen. Like Isaiah. You know? Listen to me, folks. If you want to be a man, just step up. God said, I'll help you out. I'll help you out. I'll help you out. Well, Okay. I've been this quiet with you all the time. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, I don't know. Make up the hedge. Stand in the gap. Let's look at that gap a little bit. What can we do about that, brother Quick? Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, if you will. Chapter number six. Jeremiah 6, verse number 15 says, Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall at the time that I visit them. They shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old path, when it's a good way. Walk therein, as the Bible say, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, like they say today, we're not walk therein. I'd rather be comfortable and do what I want to do. Hello. Hello. We need to get back to the old path of preaching. I cannot stand a pastor that gets up and apologizes for what he said. I'd like to slap him silly. The man of God is called by God to stand behind that pulpit right there. He does not have to apologize for anything. Now, back to the old time way of preaching. I remember my daddy was a Baptist preacher for over 30 years. I remember how it used to be in the old days. Sunday school, the house of God was packed. Morning worship, they didn't go home after Sunday. It got packed amen, for morning worship. Sunday night, packed again, amen. Wednesday night, full house again. Why? People had a need for God. And to hear from God. Hello. Today, we've lost that need. That want. Hmm? God said, I sought for a man to make up the hedge. We've got a gap out there, folks. A big, serious gap out there. Yeah. Yeah. We need some, you don't have to surrender to go preach and stuff like that. No, 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 no. Just, 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 just be a man. Yeah. See, here am I. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure your pastor's got jobs around this church here. Most of the jobs, you can do something around here. I see you got buses out back. I know. I hope you run them. If you don't, you ought to run them. Amen. That's a good way. That's a good way of getting. When we had that bus ministry, we ran it Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. We ran that bus constantly on the road. We had 36 people riding that bus. 21 decisions for Christ in just a, such a short time. 
Hello. I had children telling me, Mr. Quick, I wish you was my daddy. Hello. To be a man, you've got to love. You've got to love. You've got to love your wife. I love my wife. On July 20th, at 7 o'clock at night, this year, it'll be 46 years. Hello. No, she didn't tell me how to say that. I haven't forgot an anniversary yet. Hello. She's that important to me. I love her. She loves me. Hello. No doubt. Hello. Thank you, sister. Oh, my God. I'll take her on the road with me, man. I'll tell you what. Well, your paths of preaching, your paths of singing. I like that. Song. I like that song. The song that was sung here this morning. That's good. To, I see you got a choir lot. Where's the choir at? Where is the choir at? Hello. Why is the echo back here? Hello, choir. Where you at? Oh, we got a bunch of old people. So put old people in the choir. Amen. They can sing. I like. Uh, I get into some churches, they got some fantastic choirs. You understand what I'm saying? They get up and they sing songs. They're warming the people up to get ready for the preaching. Amen. Yep. Gotta have it. Yep. You're getting awful quiet on me. Amen. I remember how it used to be. Moms were at home, dads were at work, brothers were in the army, and sisters got married before having children. Hello. Crime didn't pay. Hard work did. People knew the difference. Moms could cook, dads would work, and children were quiet. I remember those days. I remember those days. I remember those days. We taught our sons and daughters to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, at a very young age. Amen. Hello. Because we're around a lot of people. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Who is that? Is that one? Why are your children so polite? That's where they were raised. So? I remember people loved the truth and hated the lie. Amen. They would follow the pastor all the way to hell if they had to, amen. Ignore the world, amen. They came in to get in and not to get out. Yes, sir. Hymns sounded godly songs. Sermons sounded helpful. Shouting sounded, which is a very rare thing today. It was normal back then. Hello. Church folks were faithful. Sinners were respectful. Everybody had their manners. I remember the old days. The old days. If you're going to be a dad, you got to know how to love. You also got to be a leader, amen? got to be a leader. you got a family to lead. I'll let my wife do that. Don't let your wife do that. Hello. It's your job to raise up the family. Your wife is there to be a helpmate to you. My wife's been a helpmate to me for lots of years, amen? She's even laid carpet with me. Hello. That's the right... Right there, in a skirt and everything, she went to work laying carpet with helping her husband because she loved me. 
I loved her. You know, it's just cheap labor. No, <laughs> cheap labor. Because on the job, she's there keeping me going walking straight, amen? You know? Be a man. Be a man. I meet a, a woman. If I go to a door someplace, gas station, whatever, there's a woman coming, I open the door and let her go for her. Hello. I say, excuse me. Pardon me. Hello. I want to be polite. Amen. Because I'm a man. Hmm. Well, Ooh, a couple warm in here. The husband is supposed to be the leader. Ephesians 5 and 23. He's the head of the house. To be a great dad, you've got to love God. You can love your wife. Love your children. And show it. Hello? And show it. My kids, today, if you used to ask them, they would tell you right now, my daughter's got six children. My youngest son's got five children. My oldest boy's got four children. And they would tell you, Daddy, we miss being on the road. Hmm. Hello. Got their own lives to live now. But they miss how it used to be. I miss how it used to be. I miss, I miss the good old days when a man wasn't afraid to be a man. Well, that's what I got here. Looking for man. David told Solomon, Show thyself a man, Solomon. Be strong. Show thyself a man. We have two sons and a daughter. I showed them what it was like to be a man. To be faithful to God always, even in the hospital. Faithful to God, always. I taught them to work, how to work. I bought my oldest boy an old junk car one time just to work on it. Yep, I didn't buy it, they gave it to me. Yeah, we'd pop that hood and we'd go out there, me and my oldest boy and my youngest son, and they said, Daddy, what's this here? I'd tell them what that there is. I remember one time when I met my wife for the first time. I was working in an all-service gas station, okay? You pump the gas, check the oil, check, you know. It's not hurt now. Anyways, I, was, I had a 64 Ford, two-door, I mean, big motor, stick shift on the floor. I mean, ooh, I like that car. <laughs> I was under the hood working on my four-barrel carburetor. I was taking out the back two jets, drilling them just a little bit bigger to make more gas go into them to make it go a little faster, amen. Back then I had a need for speed. I don't know why, but I did. And anyways, she walks in behind me. I didn't know who it was. She walks in behind me. What you doing? I said, I'm working on my car. What you doing to it? I'm working on the carburetor. What's the carburetor? A carburetor sits on top of the motor, and it takes gas and air and puts it in a cylinder. What's the cylinder? A cylinder is this. I don't worry about her going anyplace now. She can fix the car by herself, amen. <laughs> that day. And finally she just quit talking, turned around walking. I turned and looked at her and I thought, she is the one. 
Then I had to find and get, get, find, try to get a date with her. <laughs> I tried twice. No, I'm busy. Twice, busy. But, but it's me, you know, me, you know, the guy you walk to me, me. Handsome guy, you know, me. <laughs> you love me, don't you? Come on, me. <laughs> Third time, I said, I'm going to call her one more time. If she gets too busy, <laughs> that's it. She said, yeah, I can watch you. All right, went bowling. I hurt my thumb in a bowling ball, I'll tell you. <laughs> but I proposed to my wife on a second date in her parking lot, her driveway. Pulled up there, saying goodbyes. I said, you know, honey, I, I would really like to spend the rest of my life with you. Would you marry me? And she said, well, I, I better think about that a little while. You know? She said, yes. We knew. Got married at the age of 18. They just pup kids then. But I was working at Keeler Brass Company. Diecast shop. In 1973, I was making $5 an hour, 11 hours a day. I had the world by the tail. Five dollars an hour. You know how old I am, don't you? <laughs> hey, I remember when a quarter could buy a lot of things in, in a dime store, man. What dime, what dime store? Yeah, what dime store? <laughs> well, you gotta be a man. You gotta be a man. And by the way, ladies, you've gotta be a lady too. If he's going to be a man, lady up. Hello. We've got too many guys that are they're not manning up, they're mouthing out, amen? Mm. My daddy-in-law was a Marine. I thought he was a general. I thought, the way he ran the house, I thought he was a general in the Marines, you know? I mean, tent hut there, man. Oof. I approached him one day. I said, sir, yes, I would like to marry your daughter. Do I have your permission? Why? I, I, I love her. Why? He always had that good question, why? <laughs> but he gave her to me. Hello. I learned a lot from that man. We worked together on the farm a lot, shoulder to shoulder, pulling stumps, rocks, whatever you want. We did it. A lot of respect for that man. He was a Marine. He didn't apologize for being a man. No way. And you knew when you asked the wrong question. You just do. He'd look at you. He'd look a hole right through you. I mean, when they was working on something, he had that famous little thing. What was it? A dingus. He said, "Tim, get me that dingus over there." Okay. Well, dingus. What's a dingus? Dingus, dingus. I'm looking at all the tools. Dingus. Dingus. I don't see no dingus. What's a dingus? Dingus, dingus, dingus. Dad, what? What's a dingus? That right there. That's a dingus. Okay. Oh well. I think, Madame. We've got to be a man. 
Give me hope. There's a serious gap that we've got right now. We need some tough folks to man up. Some men to be men. Just be men. Just be men. Back to Ezekiel again. The Bible says there, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge. Stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. I found none. You know, the Democrats want this country back. Mr. Clinton tried to disarm our country by closing all the military bases. Obama, I never called him president. He was a Muslim. Professed it right on TV. Yes, I am a Muslim. He was selling our country down the tubes. Giving billions of dollars to another country just to be good to him. The president now that is a man. Yes, sir. America is now feared by other countries because we have a man in the White House. Yes, he's, he's well, he can be that way because he's out of billions of No, he's just a man. You, you, you look at him. Take away the money. Look at the man himself. He's a man. Yes. Hello. We was in a meeting down in Texas, revival meeting. Voting day was coming up real quick. We, I mean, we flew home to vote. We did not want that Jezebel to be our president. Okay. <laughs> Got another Jezebel trying to be president again. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking beer. You know, we pray, like I said this morning, we pray, pray. We have the president we have right now because a lot of churches got together and fasted and prayed that President Trump would become our president. Yeah. Fasted and prayed. It's in the Bible. Yeah. It takes a man to stand up. It takes a man to love. It takes a man to care. Hello? Care. I care about our sons, amen. I, I didn't want them growing up being sissy people, amen. My grandson, Evan, he's 17, almost 18 years old now. He wrote me a note a long time ago. I still got that note. To Grandpa, thank you for the things you've taught me. You taught me how to drive. At five years old, he was on my lap steering the car going down the road. That's what my daddy did for me. Five-year-old, down the road, here we go. Back roads. And uh, you, taught me how, you taught me how to drive. You taught me about guns, Grandpa. I thank you so much. You taught me about guns. And you taught me about so many guns. You also taught me, Grandpa, how to spit. A grandpa teaching his grandson how to spit? Yes. Where, when, and how. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. 
Why? This grandpa is a man. I walked hunched over now because when they had me apart, they didn't put me back together right now. I don't know. I'm fused wrong in my back. But my back is strong now. And I'm going to stand up and be a man every step of the way now the rest of my life. Even when I was in a wheelchair, I was a man. Short one, but I was a man. <laughs> Listen to me, folks. This is Dad's day. Daddy, I've been looked up to for what he's done. Yeah. For what he's done, for what he's doing, what he's going to do. Hello. Yeah. Mm. Be a man. Be a man. Well. Back to Psalms 119 again. Psalms 119. 119. 119. Verse number 9. I'm going to reread this again. For shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. The psalmist writing there, he knew his God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. Help me to be something for someone. Hello. Look at verse number 33. 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it until the end. I'll keep it until the end, Lord. Till I hear that trumpet blow, I'll, I'll keep it all the way. Give me understanding, and I'll keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Ooh. For therein do I delight. Incline mine heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away mine eyes from holding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. I like that. Quicken thou me. Make me alive, God. I want to be alive. I want to be alive, Dad. Mm. Yes, sirree. Establish thy word unto thy servant, who is devoted to thy fear. Mm. I'll tell you what, folks. We need some men today. Some men. Go back to First Kings again. First Kings, chapter two. I go away all the earth, 
Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. Verse number 2. Keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments, his testimonies, as is written in the law of Moses. Thou mayest prosper in all thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. That the Lord may continue his word, which he has spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to the way, to walk before me in truth, with all their heart, with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man unto Israel. How about you folks? You've got to be a man. Got to be a man. Got to be a man. I don't want to be anything else. I know there's sex changes and stuff like that today. Those people are very, very mixed up. Lost, undone, not knowing the will of God at all. But listen to me, folks, what we need today. At Calvary Chapel Baptist Church, as for the men here, to be men. Stand with me, please. Heads bowed.